Luffy and his friends have finally found themselves across the Grand Line. Friends, enemies, and adventures await them around every turn. And what's this? Cross-dressers? More of this and more in this week's chapter of One Piece. I, I love how you made the 50s. <laughs> it wasn't my intent. I was, I was but it worked to... with the ending there. It's like, what's this? Cross-dressing? <laughs> in my American town? I was I was trying to to emulate the uh, the fifties, um, yes, yeah, yes, yes, the Americana in the fifties, Tyler. Everyone knows is deeply tied to One Piece. Yeah, of course. Uh, hi, everybody. Welcome to Three Two One Binge. I am your host, Chris Ramirez, and with me, unfortunately, my only uh, co-host today, a member of my twosome gruesome gruesome twosome. Uh, I haven't finished my description of you. But you just look like you wanted to say something. No, I was just confused. Of okay, where's this going? Oh, well, yes. A man who can he can fit anything into his mouth, no matter no matter how big it is, he can handle it. He can take it. He has the the mouth mouth fruit. This guy, he can he can just gorge. Oh, right. That guy. It took me a minute. <laughs> Tyler's trying to figure out what I was comparing him to. No, I'm Wapple Tyler. I forgot he's annoying and he's just <laughs> he's just annoying. He's just annoying. Yeah, we're doing one piece. Also, that's Tyler. Um, <laughs> this is <laughs> this is our second one piece episode We're we're finally continuing it. Uh, and if you didn't remember the first episode, uh, I was reading as the episode happened. Yeah. He, uh, did you catch up in time for today, Tyler? Today, yes. And you know why Faison's not here? Because he unfortunately didn't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like the idea that even though Faison is further in this series than either of us, we're going to pin this on. Well, what do you mean? Yeah, he clearly he did not read. Yeah. If he, if he had read all of the chapters he was assigned, uh, he'd be here this episode. So it's the only explanation. At least Faison... I was reading during the episode. I was committed Come on, Faison. If you're listening to this while you're editing, I hope you're still not reading and catching up to these chapters of One Piece. <laughs> um, but yeah, last week we covered all of the, I call them the introductory arcs. Definitely not last week. Sorry, <laughs> not last week. Sorry, eight months ago uh, in our first episode. Uh, actually, what month is it? We have, we're in August? Yeah. Yeah, I count that eight months ago. Um, we covered basically chapters one through 100, give or take. We got all the way up until this beginning of Reverse Mountain. And then we intended to do this episode two months ago, but somebody uh, kept fucking pushing it back, Tyler. Time out. I pushed it back because you decided to put it next to Twilight. And not one Twilight movie, not three Twilight movies, every Twilight movie. That's just five. You're making it sound like it's much more than five. It's Twilight. That means Listen, it's terrible, and it means it definitely is worse. You guys are just a bunch of pussies, all right? I wanted to do the fucking whole Resident Evil franchise, one through eight. You're an insane person. I've watched the first two now, Tyler. They're yeah, pretty two, okay. motherfucker. I mean, I, Tyler, yeah, but I mean, I, I've, I've been watching one a day. Tyler. I can finish these in like a week. There's six of them, I think. I, I can't tell. They don't use numbers. They just no, use they fucking, don't. So they use secondary names. It's such a bitch to figure out. Um, but this week we're covering the next uh, about 117 chapters all the way from reverse mountain to alabasta. Uh, so Tyler, why don't you start us off with uh, reverse? Actually, no, fuck you, Tyler. You're not going to do that. Damn, Instead, right. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to talk about um, in, in some of the manga in some scans, you can find, I think it's called the SBS section, which uh, I don't know what it stands for. I think it's the Baka, and I don't know what the second, the last S is for, but um. Just, this is shame just, on yeah, his face. Yeah, a little bit there. Faison's <laughs> uh, so not like, here to shame you. I got to do more of it. Yeah, Faison's not here to shame me. I, I can get away with saying fucking anything this episode. It's going to be crazy, guys. Just you wait. I can um, still mute you, right? Yeah, I can still <laughs> mute you. Shit. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's basically a Q&A section. So I found what I found to be uh, some of the, the funniest ones from there. And I just wanted to read. In, I wanted to read into both of you, but, you know, some people aren't here. Danny, Faison. Okay. 
Damn you, Faison. So the first one, <clears throat> a question for Sensei. Why do Zori, Sanji, and Nami drink alcohol when they're still minors? Is that allowed? Oda's response, no. They're That's also it. pirates. <laughs> they're also pirates. Uh, next question. They, they, they draw the line at drinking, not murder. <laughs> they draw the line at underage. <laughs> they, they don't kill anybody, technically. Probably. Maybe <laughs> Zoro, Zoro kills people. Zoro yeah. kills people. But uh, Sanji and Nami, they never murder people. Nami's uh, a thief, but it's the limit of really, drinking. I can accept murder, but I draw the line at underage drinking. So I know you really don't think of, I mean, half the time when it mentions like, oh, yeah, you're 16. I was like, oh, right. These are boys, teenage. Yeah. Yeah. No, you don't you don't think about that. That's that's the that's the trick with anime. They, they you forget that due to the fact that Shonen, like these types of stories, primary audience are like teenagers, mostly you kind of forget that your protagonists are that age. It also doesn't help that they just act like fucking either like normal people, like either they either act like just straight up adults or they act like such caricatures that you can't apply them to any human age. No, half the time. And if you do apply it, you think like, oh, I 20s around there. I don't know. Yeah, vaguely, vaguely in their 20s. Young adult-esque. Um, so uh, next question. Uh, you said in volume seven that when drawing fit characters' facial expressions, you make the same face. Do you do the same thing when you draw Nami sexy faces? Do you make an ooh-la-la face? Of course. I'm famous with the local public for my sexy faces. I, I love Oda. I love Oda. <laughs> I love Oda. All right, next one. Uh, I have this is the episode. This is the whole episode. She's <laughs> just running through his Q&As. Um, I have a question. A buggy can split himself into pieces, right? Does he mean he can do it down nope. there also? If no, you catch I, the, my the minute you started that sentence, I knew where it was going. I can't be more specific. Ah, please don't make me say it. Oda's response. His penis can fly too. Uh. <laughs> this, this is just how I torture Tyler. Uh, <clears throat> Oda, please save me. This Yakuza guy next door looks like a fishman. He's even got gills on his face. I can feel his bloodlust. Oda, please save me. I won't save you. Uh, and that's well, he's honest. He's honest. <laughs> that's the last of the QA. I fucking love these. I wish I had these in the scans that I was reading illegally. Cause I, I never I've never seen these before and they fucking kill me every time. Um, but on to the actual arc. Tyler, please uh, tell us what happened in reverse mount. So they uh, set off onto the grand line. Uh, they go uh, to uh, reverse mountain, which is this place where the river is not river. The sea is going it's upward. A, it's a river. It's a river on a mountain. I count that as a river. Okay. Yeah. So river going upwards, and there they meet a whale that is very lonely and waiting for his friends. A little laboon. Laboon. Oh, laboon, laboon, laboon. Binks. Oh God, Tyler. Laboon, 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 laboon. This is where it sucks that I don't get to have Phase on here this week. Because like, Oda, uh, yeah, yeah, it's the this episodes with you guys. This would yeah, because this is the thing. Oda Oda does a really great job of seeding in little details that get extra little details later and recontextualize things. You know, and there's actually quite a lot in in this uh, this arc that gets either recontextualized within this particular episode or just later in uh, in and, and we're gonna cover later rather. So like, obviously, we need Vivi here. She's mm -hmm. a undercover member of a criminal organization called Baroque's Works. Um, and at first, that's kind of all she seems to be. Like, you you would genuinely think she's just this one-note character who's just here as, like, a minor villain to set up another villain later on. 
but it turns out she's also like the disenfranchised princess of a country who's desperate to stop a civil war that's all being manipulated by a government paid criminal um so you know there's just a lot that really comes out of it that you're, you're not really expecting um and there's there's other aspects of that but i i think that this is a it's like a, it's a short arc it's small it's uh, only it's uh it's only like less than 10 pages something like that and ages, Tyler. No, no, no. Ten chapters. Not bad. My bad. Yeah, it's definitely one of the shorter arcs we're going to be covering. So we don't get a lot, but we do get, I think, some fun things. Luffy punches a whale in the face, uh, and then it becomes its best friend. Uh, Chris, when he saw uh, saw animal abuse, let's go, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> I saw that whale. I'm like, man, I hope someone fucking punches that whale. I hope Take someone that, punches that <laughs> that sad, sad poor whale. Uh, we meet the aforementioned Vivi. We learn about Baroque's works. Uh, we learn about log poses, which I think are one of the very interesting things Oda does in the story where like half of the villain is fucking travel. It's like, you want to you wanna fucking make it to the next island? You need a weird magical compass thing because it will nothing only in this work world makes if you sense. sit still for a certain amount of time. Yeah, nothing, nothing in this world makes sense. So you need a magic compass thingy and just wait till you get to the next part of the story. <laughs> Um, and then also, I think one thing I really like is that in the covers, we get to see, I'm not sure if you were paying attention to the covers, but uh, we see how Meppo and uh, Cody, Kobe, Kobe, Kobe is the one who's in the Marines. Yeah, yeah. The two of them are in the Marines. Uh, Captain Morgan tries to escape. They get into a whole kerfuffle with them and they get rescued by a mysterious man in a dog hat who uh, starts training them up to be cool. Um. And that's a plot line that gets to come back quite a lot. And I, I were you, did you notice that, Tyler? I noticed some of the covers. Uh, that one I noticed uh, later on. It was, well, I mean, the I remember the one I saw the past like four issues just because it's the one I uh, read recently. The Squid Woman face, whatever that is. Yeah, the Squid Woman. Yeah, her and then like it's one of the Fishman guys, Hachi, and then a mermaid. They uh. will also become important down the road because Oda fucking does nothing unintentionally, apparently. Uh, or at least, as, as opposed to that, he does he does things the MCU way, where he seeds just a lot of ideas. And, and then, then says, maybe later. Yeah, maybe, maybe, like, maybe I'll write this in later, maybe not, you know? And then 400 episodes later, it's like, you know what? This sounds like a great time to use this one particular squid I drew 20 years ago. I think this is really going to work. And it always somehow does. He's... He's and people might think he plans it. I don't believe it. I really think this man makes it up as he goes along. He's just really good at it. And I respect the shit out of that. Um, that's honestly all of her first mountain, though. I don't think there's a lot. Well, we meet. What's the, what's the name of the guy? The old guy. Oh, the one who's he's not caring for the boom, but he, well, no, he is whenever he gets hurt because he continually bashes his head against the mountain. Oh, yeah. A... Maybe we should talk about Laboon's story a little bit. Laboon was left here as a baby whale. He was following some pirates who then left him 50 years ago to travel across the seas into the Grand Line. And Laboon misses his friends so much that he bashes his head against the mountain. This is the person who likes animal cruelty. (laughs) I like animal physical cruelty, not emotional cruelty, Tyler. (laughs) You can beat the whale, but you can't make him sad. It's different. (laughs) That's your line. That's my my line in the sand, damn it. Um... But yeah, so he gets he's attacking the mountain as if it's kind of stolen his friends away, hoping that they'll come back one day. But they never did all those years ago. Probably, probably lost to the seas by now. Um, and he's got a fucking ton of scar tissue on his face. He's he's he's, he's got a tattoo that says damage right on his face. He's, he's a green whale. Grills. He's got green hair. Yeah. 
He's dating Margot Robbie. <laughs> he has a call. <laughs> he has a call. <laughs> he said it's <laughs> it's labooning time. In the, in the- yeah, so that's the whale. Uh, <laughs> anytime I make a Morbius joke, Tyler gets mad at me. I know the jokes are dead, but it's funny because they upset you. I hate you. Yeah, so that's Laboon. Uh, his story is tragic. It's sad. It's pretty sad. Yeah, but yeah, there's not much really going on here. They just introduce you to the logs. They tell you his story, and uh, they get swallowed by it, and that's the first time you meet the BW members. Yeah, yeah, Baroque's works. Yeah. So, yeah, they... Well, I don't even remember the first who you meet. Well, Vivi. You meet Vivi. It's and Vivi, but like, it's the it's other guy. Redhead guy with the baseball bat. He's not important. Are there two people with baseball bats? No, I think it's just him. No, then later on, you see the guy hitting grenades. There are two people with baseball bats. Holy shit, that's weird. Yeah. What a gimmick. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, either way. Yeah, so you meet Baroque's work, and, and I think that kind of sets up what I find to be interesting about this batch of arcs as opposed to uh, the ones we spoke about last episode. Because last episode's arcs are pretty much um, procedural in a way, right? Like, it was just an island. There was an adventure on the island, and that was it. And there was no real connective tissue between, like, the beats of each individual island. Well, no, the first... Uh, well, the first arc is called, what, Blue Mo- No, uh, not the first arc. The first saga, I guess. It's just is about e- the... Yeah, the Blue Sea. Or the, yeah, East, East, Blue. East Blue. East Blue, East Blue. Blue. yeah. That whole thing with the six arcs we did was just more or less getting the gang together. Yeah, that's all that really was. Although... It's funny, actually, you know, you're probably not aware of this, Tyler, but uh, One Piece has entered what Oda is calling the final saga. Oh, I know. And he said it's going to end in five years. Yeah, he said that five years ago. But <laughs> so, yeah, I just, I, uh, that should always be said. That's going to come up also in this episode, Tyler. And also but, in five years. Yeah, and also in five years. But the thing that he said that basically everything up until now was, was just trash. Was the, yeah, pretty much. It was just yeah, the no, prologue. I, yeah, I read. He said that everything before is like, all right, it's been all building up to this. This is where we're getting. It's like, oh, you MCU'd us. This is the important like, shit now. Really? now it's like, you guys, I know you had to really work, slog through a lot of my crappy writing, but finally, I'm going to give you the good shit now. Everyone's like, you're going to give us the good shit now? We, we've been reading, we've been following this shit for 20 years. We've been loving the good shit now. Well, wait, when was now? Like this past year? Like three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Uh, okay, because even then, like I know one of the guy, my the guys I follow on Twitter, he is caught up with One Piece, and every week when a new issue drops, I it's the same meme of like just saying, "Oh, One Piece is incredible." One Piece, is, like it's the same meme every week. It's a new chapter, and it's like, the, oh, okay, uh, is that uh, the good shit? It's like, no, it's like, all right, when the fuck is it? Yeah, when I was talking to Phazon about it, he was the current arc or the arc that probably has just ended was like the Wano arc, right? Uh, and Faison basically said, like, because I, I, I really liked where I was when I had caught up back in high school. Now, that's an arc called Dress Rosa. And I was like, this arc is like one of my favorite arcs in the whole show. This is a great arc. And every time I would mention that to Faison, he'd be like, Chris, this new shit the, the new, is yeah. the, this is this is so much fucking better than anything you've ever seen so far. This is the best shit Oda's ever done. I'm like, what the fuck? And now Oda's like, none of that mattered. Actually, that was just getting the crew together. Now I can finally start telling the story. <laughs> it's like, Oda, you fucking absolute savage. Um, but the point of, of where all this came from was that, yeah, those first six arcs are basically, quote unquote, getting the crew together. Um, we obviously get more members as we go on. Members kind of shuffle around a little bit. And uh, the difference is that in this arc, this 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 batch of arcs, and the reason I grouped them together is because there is definitely one overarching story between all five of these. Well, I want to point out, did you group them together or did is this literally how it's grouped together? 
Because when you go this, online, this is how, this how, is how it's grouped together as a saga. <laughs> but I should say that when I had to break down all the arcs for our episodes, I did not just follow the saga list because otherwise the Summit War saga would be a three hour fucking episode because those have that has a lot of really big and important arcs. OK, did we get to that yet? No, no, no. That's that's like chapter 500, probably. Oh, I see it. Like, like when we get to that, that has so much. Don't stop clicking, Tyler. Spoiler. No, 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 no. It's not. No, it's just the 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 chapters. Like from this page to that page, it didn't say anything. Okay, good. All right, all right, all right. Why the hell would I do that to myself? I don't know, Tyler. But like, Summit War is amazing, and it's very hard not to get spoiled for it, because I quite literally, if you Google top ten anime deaths, you get spoiled for Summer Summit War, Tyler. All right, let me do that right now. Let's see. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Um. But yeah, that's that's Reverse Mountain. The most interesting thing about it is that it sets up this larger conflict with a criminal organization whose goals remain mysterious. And I don't think we we don't know that Vivi is a princess yet. We learned that in our yeah, next it comes part. up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Whiskey Peak. Um, they the gang gets to an island that's filled with cacti and there's a lot of people there. The people throw a party. It turns out that the people are criminals. Um and a half-drunk Zoro just beats the ever-loving fucking shit out of them. Yeah, that's the entire arc. That's it's pretty much the entire Zoro arc. killing 100 people. That part's fun. I, I overall don't... I don't like... This is probably one of my least favorite arcs in the whole show. Actually. It, it probably is because it's just, it's just a fun arc. It's like, yeah, you see him kill, go crazy. He's running around town, chopping people up. Uh, eventually... Uh, Luffy wakes up and he's like, "Oh, why the hell are you find these people?" And then he fights him. He's like, "No, you idiot! I, you just I hate, woke up." I hate that so much. It doesn't. No, I, make I find it funny. Fuck. I find I, it, it funny. I, I mean, sure, it's funny. It's fun. It's yeah, 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 yeah. It's funny, but I think it's fucking stupid because I don't think that. It, I think it's very. Yeah, so out is of he. Care. He is. No, yeah, no. I, I think no. I don't think. I don't think Luffy's the stupid. I feel like this is genuinely one of the only like uh, out of character sequences in One Piece for me. I think I really just it does not work for me. Why? Because you th wait. Why you thought he would you would wait? The guy loves food, and he's and Zoro's attacking yeah, the people who cook him the food. He trusts his crew more than anybody, Tyler. He trusts his crew more than anybody. So I I just don't think it makes. You're any not sense. wrong, but at the same time, his love for food is like the ending of the last thing we just the last arc we just did, and then he just wakes up. and like, oh, you're fighting the chef. Hold on, wait, I want more food. God damn it. I know if Faison was here, he'd agree with me. That's why we have three people. It's somebody to fucking just... Faison needed to fucking read. Faison, god damn it. <laughs> Not like he's caught up to Wano or something. Um, I was trying to find the... because So there's, there's two dubs of the show, right? There's the uh, Funimation dub, which is the one that has continued to this point, and I think it's currently on Dressrosa or just finished Dressrosa, right? Uh -huh. However, I'm guessing the other one is the one that was on TV. Yes. No, no, they both were. So if you watched it on Toonami, you probably saw the Funimation dub. If okay. you watched it on the four kids channel block, which is like the C what was the CW the CW like, morning Saturday morning shit. Yeah, I, I miss that shit sometimes. Um, but if you watched it there, you got the four kids dub where they, they kind of scrubbed everything clean and tried to censor it. And um, Tyler, dear God, when I tell you that you should definitely watch clips from the four kids dub whenever you get the opportunity which is the one on hulu i'm guessing it's the funimation it's, it's, one it's the funimation one yeah it's kind of hard to find the four kids dub you're better off looking for it online just clips just clips it's ah here it is this is what i was trying to find I was oh trying good to god find, i'm gonna just send it to you in in discord it is in my opinion uh the pinnacle of of television right here 
All right, well, you keep talking. I'll keep talking while he watches. But yeah, Whiskey Peak, it, it, we learn a bit more about Baroque's works. We learn about that they have all these members. We meet a couple more. Okay, I'm done with that. <laughs> it's good, right? Uh, the, the, the fucking voice actor. Why is he speaking like a robot? You want to help me beat these creeps up or whatever the hell he just said? <laughs> I just love when he yells. He just yells, loop. <laughs> you really guys should watch as. Uh, yeah, no, any, I'm done with this. I'm done yeah, with this. You got to watch as much of that as you can, Tyler. I love that. The best part about the four kids dub is that they ended it on a weird cliffhanger. The very last episode of the four kids dub is the One Piece crew getting crushed by a falling ship from the sky. And in the regular show, there's like a continuation to that. Oh, yeah, the, of course. For the four kids continuity, the they all died. Just, they, all, they all died. And that's that's how the show ended. The one piece was the friends he made along the way. <laughs> the friends they made and the ones they lost, Tyler. Um, yeah, yeah, Whiskey, Whiskey Peak, Peak is that. Yeah. I'm trying oh, to wait, you you're also um, Ingram, Ingraham, whatever his name is. Oh, uh, Blonde. Blondie. Uh, yeah. The guy whose hair is like George Washington. Yeah, Blondie. He's blonde. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, we meet him and, and he's actually working with Vivi. We learn about her secret that she's undercover in this organization, trying to, to get her hands on, on Mr. Zero, the mysterious criminal who's running all this organization and who we then learn also is named Crocodile, one of the seven warlords of the sea, which are pirates who are sanctioned by the world government. And we met one before uh, via Mihawk. In the, in the first episode, we the first the first one piece that, episode yes. we did, yeah, because it's, it's like not the first episode of the show, but yeah, uh, we also meet Karu the Duck, who I love and is <laughs> and holy has done and nothing wrong. Does nothing has wrong done ever. Nothing Thank wrong. you, Tyler. <laughs> every 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 week we have a character who's done nothing wrong, right? It's it's Karu and Black Noir, and actually I think that's it. I think it's just those two. But uh, no, we definitely we same. definitely named it. To, we definitely named somebody else. No Hank. No Hank. Yeah, that that's that's the show I want. I want No Hank. Black Noir and Karu on a little team <laughs> working together. Honestly, yeah, mission. no, no, Hank, my boss, Black Noir, Enforcer, Karu is drive another. By. Yeah, sure. Yes, he does the drive bys. Black Noir's on Karu. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. God damn it. He thinks it's another cartoon vision in his head, but it's actually an anime duck. Fuck. God, the voice was really good. Um, and yeah, uh, Vivi effectively joins the crew. For the next like hundred chapters after this point, give or take, mm. right? So she pretty much joins the crew. I honestly really, really loved her dynamic. I remember when I was getting into One Piece and like watching it for the first time. This is where like this whole like saga is where things really kept like picking up for me. Like I love the Arlong fight, but it was really nice having just like this continuous story ongoing about this one quest to overthrow like Crocodile to defeat him, and also just like I think she added a really great dynamic to the crew as a whole. I really like her and Nami. Just because it was like a really fun sister dynamic that, like you know, she's pretty much just with lost. the guys. Yeah. yeah. So I, I I really I really enjoy I really like Vivi. Vivi's definitely a, a fan favorite of mine personally. Um, and then at the end, we actually meet uh, Nico Robin for the first time. It's at Whiskey Peak, which I always forget. And she pretty much was like gonna give Luffy the cheat code to get to an island near Alabasta, and he's just like, "Fuck you! <laughs> I don't want it. I don't want the easy way out ever." And that is not the only time he will do that. At one point in the show, someone offers to tell Luffy what the One Piece is. And like Usopp's like, oh my God, tell us. And Luffy basically tells him to shut the fuck up. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. No spoilers. (laughs) No spoilers, Dan. Be like Luffy. Be like Luffy. That's what I say. 
says the but guy yeah, who, go, who says the guy who always looks for leaks. I don't. I only look for leaks for Star Wars because I'm a sick person, Tyler. It's very different. It's a very different situation. I'm mentally ill. I'm allowed to look for leaks for Star Wars. All right. At least you know. At least I know. Um, but that's basically Whiskey Peak. Uh, it, it adds a lot of fun stuff, but it's definitely much like Reverse Mountain. It, it's mostly set up for for later bits. I think is the best way to put it. Yeah, for um, the most part. Sorry, Tyler. So now it's your turn. Talk to us about Little Little Garden. Oh uh, yeah, this is a fun one. So Little Garden uh, is the, yeah, they go to the next island. It's Little Garden. It's this place where um, it's stuck in time. Dinosaurs are still roaming. uh, And then we got two giants whose names uh, I will find. Ori and Grogi? That's that's right. That sounds right. (laughs) Maybe. Bori. I think it's like Groggy and and Borgi. Dory and Brody. Dory and Brody. That doesn't sound right. It is. Well, hold on. I got an idea. Little garden it is. Oh, thank you. It's just the giants are introduced. Thanks. What's the names? I was going to Google a little little garden giants. Okay. Anyway, there's two giants. Yeah, Brogy is one of them, and the other one is it really doesn't help. It only says the giants. It's just so not useful. I know, right? How am I only getting one of them? Oh, yeah, Brogy is it Dory? Dory, Dory. Do- that doesn't sound right. It's bro- I got Brogy. I found Brogy. It's Dory. It's bro. It's Dory and Brogy. Dory. Huh. God, just, that was a long bit. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah. That's... <laughs> Continue. Yeah. So yeah, uh, they're also there. The gang gets there, and then they realize that the log takes a year, <laughs> a year to fucking load, or whatever <laughs> you want to call it. It's a buffer. Yeah. So yeah, they uh they stop there. They get meat. They also they get meat is an interesting sentence, Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So there's giants there. Uh, that's it, that's they, it. You're not gonna get to the actual plot. No, no, no. The plot. I'm trying to think of the. Uh, I I keep calling. What is it called? Baroque's works. See, I've been pronouncing it Baroque. <laughs> no, it's it's definitely. I'm pretty sure it's Baroque. At least that's how they pronounce it in the dub. Uh, okay. Yeah, Baroque works. Uh, they send a Mister Three. Yeah, Mr. Three, wax, wax, man. Yeah, the guy who can just make candles in a... Yeah, he makes candles. <laughs> what a useful superpower. Uh, they send, they send, I think it's Ms. Is it Ms. Wednesday? What's what's Pink Girl called? Yeah. No, wait, isn't Miss Wednesday Vivi? Yeah, you're right. So maybe is she Miss All Sunday or is Miss All Sunday the girl who can like turn into like several kilograms worth of like human? Miss. They send several members. Yes. <laughs> uh, one of them is a child who can like paint. Miss Valentine. Miss Valentine. That's the person who can change your weight. One of them is a giant, a, a giant, a child who can like paint people certain colors and change their mood. Which uh, is Golden Week. Yeah. That's Golden Week. And then the other guy can like flick parts of his body away, sort of like he can, he is, he is combustible. So he takes boogers, he flicks them away like bullets and their explosive weapons. Um, yeah. Baroque's work sends them in order to capture uh, Vivi. Or, or are they trying to capture the crew? Yeah, they're trying to get, get the uh, crew. They're originally told there's four of them because there's only four people who go on the actual island while Sanji and Zero are off being assholes trying to, to have a competition of who can get the biggest animal. They're literally trying to find who has bigger meat. Yeah. It's an actual dick measuring contest. Yep. Um, yeah, and we, we learn a little... We learn a couple of fun things, actually. We learn about the giants and their people, right? We learn a little bit about Elbaf. Uh, these two giants have been dueling every day for the last, like, what was it, 30 thousand. years? 
No, I think 300. A long well, time. No, no, no. They, I think they are like thousands of years old and they just been doing it every day since like, I don't know, half that years. time. Yeah. Yeah. That's like 300 to 500 years. And they've just been battling it out every day to the point that they no longer remember what they were mad about. And I, I fucking find that so goddamn funny. I love it. It's like, we don't know why we're angry. But it's kind of the principle of the thing. You know? I do. Yeah, I do like how it became that and the fighting because they they do like each other and they do just like fighting and they don't actually want it. To, they don't actually want to kill each other. Yeah. Like once one guy gets like poisoned and it's an uneven fight, the other giant gets just super fucking pissed because this is not how the shit was supposed to go. If he was going to win, it was supposed to be a fair fight. He doesn't really even want to kill this guy. It's just about it's just they also much like Zoro and Sanji were trying to figure out who got the bigger meat. And yep. um, this is where it leads you. This is where this is where it takes you in life. Uh, beyond yeah. that, Mr. Three sets up the most ridiculous slow kill trap of all fucking time. <laughs> so fucking ridiculous. So yeah, Jigsaw would be really disappointed. <laughs> it's so slow and dumb. It just it's like a constantly melting candle that will eventually encase them in wax. And I love the fact that Zoro's like, hmm, I need to stand still so I look good as a statue. I know. him. And he was like, wait, do I pose like this? This is the cool. It's like, we're going to die. It's like, yeah, but I want to get a cool pose. That's like, and then there's another scene where he's like, all right, time to get serious. I'll cut off my own legs. <laughs> and he actually does take a stab at it. He's like, what the hell did you do? It's like, the fuck you do that for? It's like, what? I was going to hop around on one leg? Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a lot of good humor there. Um, Sanji manages to stay kind of away from all the madness and starts calling himself Mr. Prince here, I believe, unless he does that a little later in the show. He does that in the other arc, but he this is the time where he uh, uses the... What, what the fuck he uses? A phone? The snail? He uses a snail phone, yeah. Yeah. Snail phones. Yeah, so he uses that. Uh, Mr. Zero thinks it's Mr. Three. And he basically lies and says, like, oh, yeah, everyone's dead. We got him. Don't worry about it. Don't send any more. And then doesn't he send a vulture and a gopher or something? Yes, and who they, they immediately kill. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking love those guys. Um, Animal cruelty. Animal cruelty. <laughs> Listen, it's okay to physically abuse animals. All right? COVID. <laughs> No, wait, no, no, no. I was going to say but. I was going to say but. Cover right there. Only if they're fictional. <laughs> I do not condone any actual animal cruelty. Much. What else happened here? <laughs> I think that's that's most most of it. We get some some funny moments with Luffy dealing with the wax man. Um, oh, Usopp and the Giants is funny. Oh, not Usopp f- and well, the Giants is good. Not I funny, like just good. Yeah. It's good setup for stuff that's kind of yet to come. Where everyone's kind of waiting for us to get to Elbath, like the proper home of the Giants. Because it's one of those things where like, we know it's going to happen. We're just like, we've just been waiting for us to get there because it feels like Usopp has some, has a lot of connections to giants at this point. Um, Bori and Gorgi, they just, they fucking just like hit the ground at the, towards the end of the arc to oh, do it so hard that they pop a hole in a whale. And they they're doing what so hard? <laughs> they hit the ground so hard. Uh, okay. You- I, all I heard was they're doing it so hard. They pop a whale. I was like, the fuck they doing? <laughs> Come on, Tyler. You never, you and a buddy you get all excited. You, you just you pop a hole in a whale. Happens to the best of us. Happens to Tyler. You. Too. I hate you so much. Fuck you, Faison. You left me alone from. <laughs> you left me. You left the poor bastard alone with the with me, a deranged idiot. God. Yeah. And with that, they get a eternal log pose from the unluckies, who are the 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 bird and the gopher. Remains unclear to me. Yeah, it's, is it a cat? 
No, it's, it's, it's an honor. I can't. It's yeah, an yeah. It's an honor. Okay, yeah. <laughs> they beat the shit out of those two animals. They steal their GPS and they leave them on this island forever. Because otherwise they would have been there for a year. But no, it's like, oh, no, this is all set. It's like, oh, great. We can go to the next place. Yeah, they go to the next place. And the next place. So next island is uh, Drum Island. And in my opinion, this is kind of where the where the, the whole saga really starts to kick it into high gear a little bit. Um, like the best of it is, in my opinion, towards the end, the kind of the, the culmination of it all. But we I think we got some really fun stuff here. We meet the most adorable little motherfucker who has ever goddamn lived. And I love him so much. And Chopper, much like Karu, is sweet and pure and has done nothing wrong. And I, I, I love him, Tyler. I love that little raccoon dog so goddamn much. Raccoon. Well, they keep calling him. People keep thinking he's a raccoon dog because he looks like a little person. Ah. So in my eyes, he's I, he counts as a raccoon dog if I've ever seen one. Um, and yeah, I really like him. He is a little doctor, animal man. He's 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 a reindeer who ate the human human fruit, uh, which has always raised the question of what the fuck would happen if a human ate the human human fruit. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, he's a, he. Ate, what if a fishman ate the human human fruit? Is it like? Do you just get back? It, it, it's his like questions. Swapper, you know? it's questions. Yeah. Um, but he eats it and he becomes like a human deer. He can like shift between like mostly human, like partially human, partially deer and like full deer. And uh, he's a little doctor and people of the village originally hated him, but he he has. Well, they were terrified of him. They thought they he was like borderline a bottle of snowman. They thought it was like Bigfoot. Yeah. But um, he becomes friends with a doctor and we learn we see his flashback and it's, it's incredibly depressing so get get prepped he becomes friends with this crazy doctor who's absolutely terrible at his fucking job um and it's this doctor who is seeking out a way to make cherry blossoms fall on the entire island of drum island um because he believes he was saved by this like miraculous cherry blossom thing when he was younger and he believes that it can it can honest it'll it'll save everybody that it will save the island right and this island is being run by an absolute asshole who just likes to stuff big meaty things into his mouth that he doesn't care. <laughs> so his Tyler's faces stops me in the middle of my bits. Yeah. I can't keep going because he looks at me with such disappointment. <laughs> just such utter hatred in his eyes. It's like, how did he how did he get stuck here with me? How did he get stuck babysitting me? <laughs> anyway, we meet Wapo. Um, who's the current king who has taken the only the island's only 20 doctors um, and forced to, them to basically be his own doctor. Yeah. yeah. So the, there's no real health. There's no real doctors around anymore to help the people. There's only the incredibly shitty doctor whose name I'm, I'm completely blanking on who's Chopper's friend, as well as uh, Dr. Kuvira, who is basically a witch. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and in Chopper's story, he becomes really good friends with this, this crazy doctor guy. Um, he's kind of like a father to him. This guy makes him his, his hat. It's super cute. And then one day this guy realizes that uh, it seems like his illness has come back, I think is what it was. And he's, he's only got at most weeks to live. So he kind of tries to scare Chopper away, the classic old yeller situation. Get out of here, boy. I never wanted you anyway, type of thing. Um, but Chopper realizes that it's actually because he's dying and that he didn't want him. Oh, his name is Dr. Higher. Hi, Riluk. I'm going to call him Dr. Riluk. Uh, Dr. Riluk tries to chase Chopper away. Chopper realizes that Riluk's actually sick, and he goes on this quest using one of Dr. Riluk's books to find what he believes to be uh, a mushroom that could cure him. Uh, here's the kicker. Dr. Riluk had taught him that a pirate flag meant freedom because Dr. Riluk was a big fan of pirates, and he told him that 
pirate flags mean like they mean life, they mean freedom, they mean everything. Everything good comes from the image of a pirate flag. So when Chopper's looking in the book, you know, he, he finds a mushroom he thinks can save him. He gets the mushroom, he makes a stew. He says, Dr. Ree, look, look, I found this mushroom in your book and I think it's going to save you. And the doctor's like, oh my God, Chopper, you're so amazing. You're such a sweet, good, kind, innocent boy. Um, and he eats the soup and he goes, he's like, I got one mission to do, Chopper, and then I'll be back, okay? And he leaves. And Dr. Kuvera comes in and, and Chopper's like, I saved him, I cured him. Kuvera's like, that's fucking insane. That man's terminal. And he shows her the mushroom in the book and Dr. Kuvera hits Chopper and starts crying because the mushroom has an image of a skull and crossbones next to it, which Chopper thinks means it'll cure his doctor friend, but in reality means it's toxic. And the doctor knows this. Dr. Ruluk knows this. And he, he took the goddamn poison anyway just to make Chopper feel better. Just to make him feel better, Tyler. All right, because it's going to take a minute. <laughs> it's going to take a lap. Uh, yeah, that whole aspect is great. I do love both doctors because one's an insane witch. One is just a... He, he's a, he wants to be a good doctor. He borderline isn't. He, borderline isn't. He nearly killed a man. He, that's right, borderline. In, in, the su- in the dub, they actually had to tone it down. Because in the manga, it looks like he left the guy in a seizing state. In the dub, they just make him that he turns into like a frog, man. He just starts hopping around and ribbiting. Because apparently that was a bit much for the kids. Yeah, so I love both those characters. Chop is obviously great. The one aspect that, that I really don't like is the villain. His Wapo sucks. Wapo might be one of the worst villains in One Piece. I can think of off the top of my head. Like, there's nothing to him besides him being, uh, I want everything is mine, fuck everybody else. It's like, cool, yeah. you're an annoying, you're Joffrey. Yeah, he's, he's just, kind of, he, that's actually a pretty good comparison. He's just like a Joffrey-esque character. He comes back in some small ways. We actually see him in a flashback in our next arc. Um, I, I think, so I think there's a, this, the, this in particular, it feels like a character that never made it out of certain early drafts by Oda, if that makes sense. Because here, here's the thing. Because he just got one characteristic, that's it? Well, here's the thing. Alabasta was supposed to be the end of the show. It was supposed to end next arc. That, was, could, 50, could, that was 15 years ago. So clearly, I can see it. I mean, like, it's not an actual ending, like, yeah. but it's a it, it was stopping change, point. It was supposed to yeah. change pretty drastically, though. Uh-huh. There was supposed to be some... It's very. We'll, we'll get to when we get more to Alabasta, but it's very likely that many plot points would have come to a very different conclusion there as opposed to where they will later on in the show. So in, I, with that in mind, I think Wapple was kind of like just an example of like kind of world government corruption. You know, look at this shitty king who steals all the doctors for himself. Look at this capitalist pig over here. Um, I, I say that specifically because for those who don't know, Oda, uh, I don't know if I can say famously, but at this point, rather well known within the fandom, in his his artist studio has a picture of Che Guerrera and um, an AK-47. <laughs> So when it comes to the day that we eat the witch, the rich, <laughs> he will be sitting right beside you. <laughs> I, I fucking Co- love completely unrelated, character. but I think it was either like American dad or family guy that had a joke about Che Guevara. It's like, oh, yeah, Che Guevara. It's like, wait, who, who said was he actually on? It's like, I, I don't know. Do we like him or not? <laughs> it's one of those things. No one's 100 percent sure anymore. Um. But yeah, so I think it was just supposed to be that, right? Like, he's just like this kind of stand-in corrupt king political figure, you know, a sign of the corruption of the world government, right? Uh, because he just he, he just ends up feeling very one note. He ends up feeling very boring. He's not really even a challenge for Luffy to beat the shit out of. Luffy just, like, absolutely kicks his ass, you know, with minimal effort. 
Mm. Um, but he is just like, I think a pretty good image of just completely corrupted greed, you know, just utter, utter, utter avarice. He's terrible. Um, he tricks Dr. Reluk to coming up to the top of the mountain saying that the 20 doctors are sick and there's no one who can save them. So Dr. Reluk goes up there to try and save them. Then he says, this was all a trap. The doctors are fine. This was all just to lure you out to kill you. To which Dr. Reluk throws his hands down in tears saying, thank God they're okay. They're the only hope for this. It's, oh my God, it kills me. He gets fucking, he gets utterly blown to smithereens by, by Waffles, man. It's so fucking, it's so fucked. God, I'm sad again. Yeah, so that's that. There's that. Well, no, there's actually a few more things that are important here. Yeah, the, I mean, there is. They eventually, I mean, I'm skipping right to the end. Uh, if you want to handle the other part, I'm talking about the yeah. cherry blossom thing. Oh yeah, talk about the cherry blossom stuff. So yeah, his whole deal was that he wanted to just have these cherry blossoms because he thinks they had these healing powers, right? Yes. And then eventually, by the end of it, it was... Was it Choppa who actually figured it out? I don't remember. Or was it I, the I witch? Luffy sets the tr- sets it off. Yeah, he sets it off. But I'm like, who actually did it? Was it the witch? I think it was Kuvera, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, she makes this... Let's call it a potion. Yeah. <laughs> she uh, is a witch. Yeah, let's call it a potion. Uh, that basically makes it so... Um, uh, once the spell, the, the cherry blossoms... It, we didn't, I don't think we mentioned this. The whole place is frozen. It's snowing yeah, it's, all the time. It's a, it's a snow. It's a snow biome. We didn't mention that. Yeah. But in this case, with the potion, it makes it so that the uh, blossom leaves, petals, whatever, actually will just fly about and just be everywhere. Yeah, it's it's the snow. The snow is like stained pink with the potion. Mm. And it makes the effect of cherry blossoms, which otherwise should have been impossible here because they're a springtime plant. Um, and thus bringing both Chopper and Dr. Reluk's dreams coming true. Uh, it's good shit. Really good shit. <laughs> we also, uh, there's a couple other things about this arc I want to just talk about. One of which is that we get a couple, we get a, at least we get one fake out death here, um, which was oh. the guy you could turn into the bull man. Oh, Dalton? Dalton, yeah. Dalton gets like completely fucked up. It looks like he's dead, but he's not yeah. actually dead. Well, he also gets buried in the avalanche. He also gets buried in the avalanche. He's Shia. So this is a thing. Oh, that so I know that one of the funniest parts of this thing is when uh uh Sanji and Luffy are running up the mountain and they're just talking and then the abominable bunnies are just swarming <laughs> them man. and all you do is just like kick them out of the way. It's like, what the fuck is going on? Get away. <laughs> just stop it, damn it. It's just more animal abuse. Oh god. It, you know, that's a bit of an interesting. Well, I say interesting. I'm thinking about there's another mangaka who does um, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Animals don't tend to make it very long in that one either. And they also just tend to be like the, they just get killed in, in the side of things as the rest of the plot's happening. I'm just wondering if there's a thing about that where shonen, shonen authors do not like animals. Unless they're dogs. Well, no, the dogs don't make it out of that <laughs> one either. We're going to do Jojo's probably after we do One Piece. <laughs> probably sooner than that, actually. I know Tommy wants to be on a Jojo's episode. Mm. Um, but yeah, we get a couple. So I say that because One Piece actually, in my opinion, has quite a lot of fake out deaths. Uh, we get some more in Alabasta. Uh, we kind of got certain sort of ones previously. Um, there's a hey, lot of like, oh, man, are you going to ask why I'm okay with it here and compared to other shit? Well, yes, but also I was just going to say that I'm pretty sure this is the series that has numbed me to fake out deaths, which mm. is why, like, I, overall, I said I don't tend to have a problem with fake out deaths too much. Like, it needs to be really egregious for me to, to have any type of issue with it personally. And I think a lot of that's because of One Piece, because I've seen, like, so many people get their ass beaten and be okay to the point that it's like, yeah, I'm kind of pretty sure people won't die here. But- See, like, that's why I'm okay with One Piece fake out deaths, because, well, one, this is 
chapter 100 and whatever. I'm I know for the most part who's still alive. So like I don't oh yeah yeah I don't care that's fake out deaths. Also the fake out deaths aren't I don't really count as fake out deaths because like fucking Zoro got stabbed five billion times. This man should have been dead in the first issue. Okay, what about like Pell, the bird guy from Alabasta who blows up with the bomb and then like just makes it back on crutches? Wait, what? <laughs> Did I miss that part? Yeah, well you missed the part that he the fake he died or the part that he came back? Come back. Yeah, he came back. At the end of one of the panels, you see him like crawling in the desert and he's like talking to people looking for like help asking for help to get back to the palace i think yeah Pell ain't that... dead. Pell's not dead yeah i'm saying but is that now or was that in like a chapter or uh, like after the fact that i'm done no no no. it should have been where you were like before 117 217 but i don't yeah close before 217 but now, maybe, I, now, may... maybe now i'm Cause... also questioning myself because we should I'm like... no, we should be long out of alabaster now we should be on. Well, I mean, they sail the way. Uh, yeah, we're skipping ahead. Well, yeah, they sail the way. But yeah, I remember like shots of the desert. Maybe I just like ran past Hold it on. quickly. Here, uh, host tasting it here. This is the panel. Let me go back to the actual app then. Yeah, I don't know what chapter it is. But yeah, for example, like Pell's another one or the jackal guy. who got like stabbed through the chest by crocodile but still kicking. You know what I mean? Pell also got fucking like neck snapped by Nico Robin. <laughs> He's still fine. Okay, wait, yeah. Guardian Spirit, he blows up. Yeah. Uh, There's no way it's there, so it's gotta be a little later. It's gotta be after the fight's over, like properly. All right, well, everything's still getting destroyed, so it's not there. Yeah. Well, while, while, he, while he figures that out. Yeah, I think that One Piece has overall numbed me to the idea of fake out deaths in one piece the majority of deaths occur during flashbacks and are, are part of a character's characterization which is as i said last time something one piece does extraordinarily well um and on top of that i mean i can only really think of like off the top of my head from where i was i can maybe think of four characters who die like in the moment you know like in in current continuity so to speak so it, it's sparing with its death. It only uses them when it knows it'll do the most emotional damage to you or to set up a certain level of threat, which I, I ultimately appreciate. I think it functions for the story, the fact that, you know, not too many people die. I'm 90% sure this is after. Okay, well, I guess I, I feel like it shouldn't be, but we'll figure it or, out. Or maybe, maybe, uh, maybe I just didn't find Oh, wait, no, 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 no. Okay, never mind. Never mind as in like, yeah, I still didn't find it. Okay. <laughs> what? What? what no, it's not on like two seventeen then. Even. I'm going through the last four, and I'm not finding it. Okay. Well, we'll leave it at that for now. But uh, from some three more things that we get from Drum Island, we meet Ace for the first time. We don't really know who this guy is. We know he's looking for Blackbeard, and we're gonna get a little bit more about him later on. We also learn seemingly about the World Council. I have that in my notes. I don't really know why. Do we learn a lot about the World Council in this arc? In Alabasta? No, in in go in uh, drum. I just have learning about the World Council written down in my arcs. I, I think there's that. a line about something like they know that the situation there was bad, but like they didn't do anything or they can't do anything. I, I don't know. It's not that big a deal at this point. Okay. And the one other thing I want to mention, and probably the biggest reveal of the arc, in my opinion, is uh, that Gold Roger's name is not Gold Roger. It is Gold D. Roger. Yep. Um, which raises a fair amount of questions considering the only other character up until this point we've met with a naming convention like that 
is uh, Monkey D. Luffy. Mm. And actually, next next arc, we're going to be introduced to one Porcus D. Ace. Uh, and we'll get to that now, because I guess we'll get to Alabasta. Is this my turn or your turn? Technically mine, I think, right? I only okay. did one, maybe two. I don't know. This is your turn. Go. So the final uh, arc that we're covering, which wraps up this whole... Uh, Saga. Yeah. It is, we have eventually arrived at uh, Vivi's home. Uh, everyone's on board. They are at the point where they're trying to find, no, they want to return, Vivi wants to return home to stop a civil war. Yeah, pretty much. The royalists are fighting the rebels, and it is all because Crocodile, aka Mr. Zero, yeah. is trying to start this whole thing uh, so he can. Uh, Take over the country, but also he wants a specific weapon that he believes to be in the capital. Yeah. So this is gonna this is kind of gonna tie very heavily into the whole thing that uh One Piece was meant to end here, right? Uh and my personal belief that the One Piece is a weapon. The friends we had <laughs> no, it's a we- it's a gun, Tyler. It's a big gun. The Pella, the friends we had the Pella, the what the hell they call it? So no, no. So basically, what was on Alabasta was a poneglyph which are these ancient obsidian stones that have been carved into thousands of years ago um, during a period of time that no one really has any record of anymore, right? And very few people could read them. Specifically, the reason he has Nico Robin as a, his number one is because she is capable of reading the poneglyphs. He believes this poneglyph will give him the location of a weapon known as the Pluton, right? And that's what he's really after. So that is a plot point that, uh, from my understanding, has only just had some level of resolution in Wano. So God damn it, Oda, how the fuck do you do that? <laughs> that it's impressive. I, it starts to feel like he's not making things up, but clearly he is. Cause we know it was supposed to end here. So like, it's just fucking crazy to me. Um, but it, this is what leads certain, uh, lends certain credence to the idea that the one piece itself, whatever Goldie Rogers great find was aside from what is very likely a massive hoard of treasure that's been accumulated uh, is a weapon. You know, maybe it's the Pluton itself, or maybe it's some other weapon, but that whatever is within the One Piece or, you know, whatever the One Piece truly is, it's going to be a hell of a lot more than gold, the hat, or the friends we made along the way. Um, and, and that's really the big central plot here. And I think that's fucking crazy, right? Because the Poneglyphs and the secret weapon, the Pluton, is kind of the start of the show, in my opinion. Like, like that's where the actual real plot is. It's about these stones and how they were written and who wrote them. And what this weapon is, and who can read the web, who can read the the stuff, who has the the schematics to the machine, you know, all these different little details are about this like ancient lore, and about these weapons that we know nothing fucking about, and we're only beginning and continuing to learn about. And it's one of those things where it's like it, this shit came out in chapter two seventeen. This is where the story starts. <laughs> That's fucking insane. That's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> How the fuck does he get away with this? Who the fuck gets away with starting your story in chapter 217? A madman. That's who. Fucking love it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it would have been very interesting to see how it would have ended originally. Um, but I, I'm very glad that it's gotten the time it needed because this world is incredibly dense as we continue to learn more and more about the secrets of its history. Um, but aside from that, we also meet a couple extra Baroque Smurfs members, some that are a lot more threatening than the bumbling idiots we've met to this point. We meet uh, Mr. Two, who is the crossbow dresser I mentioned uh, during the beginning of the episode. Uh, Mr. Yeah, Two, he's fun. He's a lot of fun. So 
I, I, Oda, Oda has, it's interesting watching Oda develop as a character when you look at like uh, him writing queer characters, right? So Mr. Two is one of those things where it's like, okay, like Mr. Two, great character. Love Mr. Two. It, it's a bit, it borders on cliche at points. It's a little bit that I, I've seen some people argue like, is, this good is it, yeah, is it good representation or is it kind of like something, you know, like how does it go? And then like, I'd say like in a couple hundred, maybe 300 chapters from now, we meet a character called Ivankov, who is literally based off of, um, fuck, oh my God, I can't, um, uh, 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 let, let's do the time warp again. Fuck, Tyler. Rocky Horror Picture oh, oh, Show. Rocko, yeah. He's based off of the main character, Frankenweiner. Frank, Frankenweiner. Frankenfurter. Frankenweiner is a dog. Um, yeah, he's based off of Frankenfurter, right? Like literally one to one. Um, and it's one of those things where it's also like, oh, again, is this representation? Is it a bit cliche? There's also like an island of like cross-dressers. Because in, 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 the, in the sub, they use the word Okama. And it's, it's I cannot quite figure out if Okama means a trans person or just a cross-dresser. It's, it remains completely unclear to me, the linguistics of that word. I don't understand. I mean, in the, in the case of uh, Mr. Two, he says he's both or either. Yeah, so he's, he's gender fluid specifically. But yeah. he also calls himself an Okama which leads me to believe that Okama is just like the culture of like drag in Japan, mm. but I'm neither Japanese nor do I have any real idea what I'm talking about here. So sure. I, I, don't, I don't know. But the, the reason I'm saying this is like, I know I, I've seen some people have some debate about that online, uh, but more specifically in, in his most recent chapters, there's an actual trans character. Um, but then that was also heavily debated because of a vague translation error. So I still don't really know what I'm talking about, but I would Speaking say- Speaking of translation errors, <laughs> going online to say, oh yeah, I'm, I want to learn about Alabaster. Do you mean Alabaster? It's like, no, <laughs> Alabaster. Alabaster, nope. Yeah, it's, it, it's I think in, in I, don't, I don't know why the fuck it's like that. It, maybe it's just some awkward fan translations because I know that even like, I think for the link that you're using for the colored- um, like, That's just Alabaster. When you look it up online in the wiki, it says error. Yeah. Okay. So it says Alabasta on that one. I have to assume that's maybe because of the fan translation. It says Alabasta. I don't know why it says Alabasta in the fucking wiki. It's weird. There's a lot of weird translation issues, which leads to some uh, fun, fun, quote unquote, debate among the community. Mm. Um, but yeah, Mr. Two, I personally fucking love Mr. Two. Uh, Mr. Two's grand sacrifice. Mr. Two manages to be like both a terrible person and also just really, really awesome. Oh, his fight was San wait, it's Sanji, right? Not Zero. Sanji, yeah. Yeah, his fight was <laughs> his fight's so funny. He just keeps like, shifting it's a Nami. Yeah, just Nami or any girl, because well, one, Sanji's just so horny in these arcs. He man, it's this is I know Sanji's it gets worse. I know it gets, that's the worst I know, part. Yeah, I know he apparently gets more horny, but like, yeah, anytime he just sees a woman, it's like, oh my god, I love you. And then he gets his ass beat. It's like, wait, hold on. <laughs> See, Sanji, I think works for me in these arcs because it's more of like a like a like a dog shit Prince Charming, you know? Yeah. He's like, I'm like your white knight. I'm here to save you, and maybe eat ass, you know? Like it's it's just it, that's not really. He's, it's not just like man panties, please. It's not it's not to that level. Yeah. Um, but it, it's even besides even besides that aspect, the whole thing is like, oh, I need a shortcut. Let me kick through every building. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of great, great humor in the fights here. It's just a small moment later on when they're walking through the town after they won, and the one guy in the background's like, "Who the fuck did this?" <laughs> um, it's a solid, it's a very solid fight. I think all the fights in Alabaster are quite good. Um, but yeah, Mister Two, you know, he, he you kind of hate him at points because it's like he can shape shift into whoever he needs to to continue stoking the conflict. And there are so many moments in the arc where you're well, like, you could. feel like. 
you feel like you're so close to having it end. Like VB's like standing out in front of the in front of the revolutionary army trying to get their attention. And then Crocodile starts up a sandstorm. So everyone rides right past her. Or like Koza like manages to say, Stop, I realize you're being manipulated by somebody. But and then Baroque's works has members in both sides of the conflict. It's just it's just so many moments where you're like, oh, we're so close to winning. And it's like, no, fuck you. And everything's only gonna get worse. There's gonna be just needless bloodshed manipulated by a criminal. Yeah, and I, you really, you really start to hate Crocodile for that, you know, as it goes on. You really fucking detest him. I feel like he's I, a great character. He might you be my favorite villain. Play. I think yeah. he might be fa- my favorite villain at this point. Yeah, he's the best villain up until this point, in my opinion. Absolutely, hands down. He is so selfishly detestable, uh, but he's also got like a fantastic design, awesome powers. His first fight against Luffy, he fucking wipes him. He leaves him dehydrated in the desert to die. That's the second one. First one he gets stabbed. First one he gets impaled. Thrown into the quicksand. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. He gets impaled and he gets... Oh, oh, he fights him three times. That's right. Yep. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, first time is in the straight up in the desert. Uh, Crocodile Street says, all right, you got three minutes. They fight. He can't get hit because he's sand. He stabs him, throws him in a quicksand pitch. Uh, Luffy uh, is pulled out because he's hungry. I think that's how he... (laughs) Uh, Sounds about right. Yeah, I rem- all I remember is like he gets pulled, he pulls himself out, and he says meat, and I'm like, all right, I think he's just hungry, so he lives. <laughs> Second time, um, uh, they fight again. Um, he learns that, yeah, he learns that water can you can punch him because like if you get sand wet, it condenses or like yeah, it condenses. So they're fighting. He gets a few hits in, but then uh, his other powers, he can take moisture away, so he just dries his whole body out and drops him from the building. But then water drops on him. So he lives. Yeah. And then they fight underground next to the... Uh, the Poneglyph. Yeah, next to that. And uh, yeah, he wins that fight. So it's, that is also a great... He literally uses his blood as the moisture because he's out of water. Yep. Um, He's also being poisoned by uh, Crocodile's poison on his hook at that point as well. Which did nothing. <laughs> the yeah, it did nothing. Did nothing. Will, willpower beats poison every time. Everyone knows that. Yeah. Uh, we get like a fantastic panel of him doing the Gun Gun Gatling to fucking crocodile on the ceiling. It's one of those things that also, if you see it animated, it's so satisfying. It mm. was, it's so satisfying to see the villains of like the best One Piece villains when they finally get taken down. Like that last series of punches is always so good. Like Arlon getting like decked in the face with Luffy's kick going through the fucking building. Yeah. Satisfying. Hit, crocodile getting absolutely hammered into the fucking ceiling. Satisfying. That's always some of the best shit. Um, we also get a couple other really good things. We get Smoker and Tashigi back. I love Smoker and Tashigi. Smoker, yep. just the the cop, you know, who does it, he takes the law in his own hands. Fuck no, he's a, no, he's a cop. He's a <laughs> fuck. What is it? He's a cop of a heart of gold. He's a heart. Yeah, he's the only good cop. I fucking love Smoker. At one point in the end, the, the world government wants to capture the, uh, the the gang. Right. And he's just like, I think in in the, the version of it I was reading, he said, tell them to go to hell. <laughs> I'm not yeah, that, that's how it ends. He first says, uh, yeah, yeah, when they're on the car, he just says, yeah, tell them to go to hell. Before, when he, uh, who saves him? Luffy or Zoro? Zoro saves him because yeah. they're in the uh, the drowning uh, office. Yeah, they're being, they were captured by Crocodile and held underwater in his James Bond villain base. Yeah, that's totally what it is. It is. That's pretty much what Crocodile is aesthetically based off of, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. He almost has a cat if he didn't have a fucking hook. Uh, but yeah, no, he says uh, Zoro saves him uh, just because Luffy tells him, tells him to. And uh, yeah, at, at that point, they say he uh, the Marines are coming. It's like, hey, they're right here. Should we get him? It's like, no, nah, I'm tired. It's like, what? It's like, 
I'm tired. Fuck off. Do not get them. <laughs> I fuck. I love Smoker, man. Like every time Smoker comes back for an arc or two, it's always like, yes, you're the you're, you're my favorite. You're one of my favorite fucking Marines. Like you're you're so close to defecting and like joining the other side. You're like this fucking close. I can't wait. It has to happen. Um, we also meet Luffy's brother, Corpus D Ace. Uh, very much a fan favorite character. Fucking He's there love for Ace. two. I think two issues. He's there for like yeah, all of two issues, but he leaves a great impact because he's just this like ultra badass, serious guy. Like he's not too serious. He's still fun. He's still you know? fucking Luffy. So yeah, he's, he's still like, like he's so much more mature than Luffy is. Like you can clearly tell Luffy's the baby brother here. And he's just like, I'm really I'm re- thank you guys for keeping keeping taking fucking care of this idiot so much. Um, he gives Luffy a Viva card, which is a piece of paper that will allow him to kind of always keep track of Ace no matter where he is which uh, will become important later. We learned that Ace is specifically searching for Blackbeard, which uh, will also become important later. And then so we see his power stuff. because he also ate dough fruit, which is just yeah. fire. He has the, the Mara Mara fruit and he can just, he sets fires like a whole fucking fleet of boats, I think, in that sequence. Yep. Yeah, he also powers his little jet ski by fucking using just the flames. Shooting it behind him, yeah. I, I fucking love Ace. Ace is so cool. Ace is so goddamn cool. Um, he's got. Just, I think he has a great design in the anime. The dub. He's voiced by the same voice actor who plays one of the best characters in Full Metal Alchemist. Um, we'll get to that show at one point, Tyler. Don't you worry. Sure. Um, so he's he's a, he's great. I really love him. We also get some Vivi and Koza flashbacks. So when they're children, so actually actually really quite liked. Uh, we get to learn, you know, just how good of a person the king is. This is the one good political good king. leader in. Yeah, honestly, like <laughs> in One Piece. Most kings are either shit, and if they're good, they've been dethroned. That is that is the rule of One Piece. Good people do not get to stay in power because the system doesn't want them. But yeah, I, I love the Vivi Koza flashback. I think they're really fun just as kids. Um, we meet Wapo, who slaps Vivi in, the, Vivi in the face, proving he's always been a massive cunt. Uh, and we also get a, a flashback between Koza and the king, which I both love because I think it's, especially in the anime, it has like a really good aesthetic to it. But I hate because they're both just talking really vaguely to the point that like, yeah, Koza's going to come out of this with the complete misinterpretation of who you are as a king. Yep. <laughs> it's like if either of you just spoke 10% more clearly, this would be solved. Absolutely solved. Uh, uh, yeah. We get Chopper as a member of the crew actively, uh, which I think is really fun. We get one really funny moment where he's like a distraction with Sanji. Oh, yeah. Like form, and then Crocodile's and then like, when I'm going to kill him. When he shrinks down, the, his form <laughs> is, is so cute. He's just walking like this, like, oh, no, please, no. <laughs> also, I love the moment when they're looking. Uh, the Crocodile set a bomb off, and he's like, oh, yeah, there's a there's a bomb. It's going to destroy the palace. And, like, not not even just the palace. It's going to blow up, like, 50 miles. Everyone's going to fucking die. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, go find it. And then uh, Nami asks uh, Chopper, it's like, hey, can you smell it out? It's like, I only smell the gunpowder. It's like, huh. Can you smell a cannon that's pointing one direction? He's like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> uh, we also got another great uh, Sanji moment where like the Mr. Prince moment where he pretty much has been in the casino that is like the, the hideout for Crocodile's base. And he's just like, um, he's just been there undercover setting up a distraction to get Crocodile outside. Also, he can break in. He calls himself Mr. Prince. I, I, lo- I love when Sanji is the smooth savior. Like, that's, that's the best Sanji shit. Oh, him right posing there. for a minute as they're drowning is so funny. It's like, hey, I'm here to save you. Fuck you. Get the key. All right. <laughs> um, as for some of the more fights, though, I like the Nami versus Spike Girl fight. Well, if you, uh, Usopp's useless weapon. 
Us- I love Usopp's bait and switch weapon. You just you just have a little heart attack before he even hits you with it. So you think you got hit with five tons. You just pass that out of fear. What a perfect Usopp weapon. Um, I think that also just Usopp gets his shit knocked so bad this arc. He does. He gets his ass beat by the um, uh, the mole woman who, if you're reading the fucking the version I was reading, who I know talks fast. Like you can see she talks fast because they wrote it where every word is just connected to each other and you have to actually stare at it to figure out what she's talking about. <laughs> I was so annoying to read. Yeah, you actually messaged me how much you hated reading about that. Did you, is it written like that for everybody or is it just a copy I got? I, I don't remember. It, it, I, I think it was written like that in the version I saw as well. But it's one of those things where it's always like, you can never be sure. It's like, why the hell would you do this? Yeah. Like, yeah, okay, she talks fast. Uh, you could have just said that you didn't need to put it together and make it a pain in the ass to read we also get a uh, a dog who ate it uh, no sorry a gun a gun the do- the- <laughs> sorry i read that panel four times because the first time you see this thing it's like oh a dog ate a, the, one ate of the, the fruit. gun, gun like, fruit yeah yeah it's like all right that makes sense and then he's like no a gun it's like and and i skipped over that i like i just breathed oh yeah dog and then the next one it's like wait how does an object eat i'm like what do you mean how is an object what do you mean that it gets like a fucking gun the gun ate the dog dog fruit instead it's like yeah. what the hell do you mean it's like sure uh, fuck it one piece all right i'm sure this happens yeah. through that we learn about a character called vegapunk who um has become a very important like background character except we've still not fucking seen him we don't know what that man even looks like yet but he's been important because his technology keeps becoming a fucking problem um we get so yeah the nami versus the spike girl fight i really like it because I, I like nami kind of getting to actually have some combative capabilities in the fight i like yeah. i like the whole i mean that fight is also funny just because every time she tries to use it she's reading usopp's uh, message it's like do this foot tricks and fun it's like god damn it why would you write it like this <laughs> uh we also get what's one of my favorite arcs up until this point a favorite fights i mean zoro versus mr one who is a man made of knives uh, iron made of made iron of, yeah sure made of iron <laughs> and zoro needs he's to iron feel, man he's <laughs> zoro versus iron man and zoro needs to uh feel the heartbeat of the iron in order to slice through it and we get, in my opinion, some of the best panels in the whole arc from that. We get one of Zoro lifting up half a house like a beast, like a fucking animal. Um, we also get the one where he actually manages to cut through iron where it's just him with like the blade already closed. And yep. there's like little streaks. I Ooh, that's a good panel. That's a great one. Um, so I really enjoy that fight uh, just so much as a whole. Um, but, uh, oh, we get one really fun twist uh, where the whole crew, because they realize one of the Baroque Works members can shapeshift, they put like these rags around their arms and the Baroque work agent thinks that that's the whole trick. So when they ask Mr. Two to prove himself as like one of the crew members, he shows them the rag. And then only then do we learn that underneath the rag is a little X and that's what denotes them as members of the crew. I just think that's a really fun, like bait and switch for the audience. Yeah. It's a clever one. Cause you're obviously think, Oh, they're going to get screwed. But even then um, he screws up because he calls Karu a duck. And uh, Us- yeah, Usopp would actually just call him his name. Yeah, that was one of the big giveaways. Yeah. But um, also after that, pretty much after the fight, I love the whole crew just collapsing once like Vivi's like everything. Says, <laughs> In like, the yeah, middle of the street. Yeah. They're like, yeah, Vivi, no, no, no. You just go. We're OK. And they immediately pass out like this was them pushed to their absolute brink. And that's when uh, uh, Smoker's assistant. Yeah. What's her name? Uh, um, Tashigi. Yeah. She's like. Oh, no, no, the Marines are telling her that, like, hey, they're right here. We can get them. And she says no because she's following Smoker's orders. Yeah. Um, and then at the end, we get Mr. Two with the great fucking mix-up strategy. 
I love that he copies the face of Luffy to distract the Marines and he sacrifices himself and his crew in order to buy Luffy and the gang time. I love that so much. Uh, Great. And when we we get now pretty much the last thing I think we'll talk about for this one, one of the last last two things we get our big goodbye with Vivi. Vivi has accomplished her goal, you know, and she now needs to stay as a princess in Alabasta and the crew can't even. This just reminds me. It's like there's a straight up line. It says, oh, yeah, it's a coming of age ceremony. That could have happened two years ago when you're 14. It's like you're 16. What the fuck? (laughs) Just throws Tyler off every time. Tyler's like, oh, man, I really love you. You're how old? You're a child. (laughs) Officer, officer, please wait. No, it's the post time skip one to officer. Officer, it's the post time skip one. (laughs) It's literally that uh, that, uh, fucking TikTok I sent you. (laughs) Oh, how old do you think this woman is? That's a child, sir. <laughs> um, but yeah, we get the great goodbye. They're not even allowed to technically say goodbye to her because they risk implying the kingdom's connection to pirates. To pirates, and yeah, even though they're the one who saved the town, even Smoke is pissed off that they can't get credit because the pirates, he's getting the credit. Yeah, and they just they lift up all their hands to show the X's on their wrists that they made together. And that is, that is got, I think in the anime, I actually tear up when I see that bit. Like, that's such a beautiful, like, just, ah, I love it. I love it. I love that sequence so much to death. Yeah, maybe I should just watch the anime at night. You, I mean, you could. I mean, you could kind of skim it, I guess, just because. Well, like, I mean, like I noticed Fella, but I mean, like I would, I truly don't care about Fella half the time. I mean, at this point, would you, would you could do just because it's so long? Is you could, you know, I, well, I'll talk about that actually towards the end because I see a title sure. coming up. So last thing I want to talk about with Alabasta before we give our rankings is the very last minute bottom of the night twist. It's Nico Robin on the ship. Saying that as a stowaway, as a stowaway, saying that she is now Luffy's responsibility because Luffy, even though she wanted to die, she was basically begging him to let her die in the, the tunnels under the Alabasta after the beat crocodile. He put her on his back and he saved her ass. And since he didn't let her die the way she wanted to, she is now his responsibility to keep an eye on him. <laughs> so she asked to join the crew. And I think that's just such a And we'll fun find out how that goes next we'll time. We'll find out how that goes <laughs> next time. Tyler, actually, what I was saying before, um, what you could do instead of watching the anime, like just straight up watching it, you could because it's actually on Netflix, I think up until Alabasta, and the rest of it should be on Hulu. Uh, they do like these kind of movie compilations, basically. I thought those weren't connected. N- well, so the movies are like pseudo-canon. Most, most of them are non-canon. There's a couple of the ones lately that Oda actually has worked on as well as like a, uh, a consultant. What, is, that the, is that the new one? Some of the newer ones. I'd say the ones that are like post time skip or like that. But they also do these like, basically they're just adapt- adaptations of like an arc of the anime, but they're just reanimated with like modern animation. And they're tend to be a bit more condensed. So since you already know the full story, you could technically do those. But um, you could also just watch the anime normally on Netflix. You know, it's not really mm. a big loss there. Um, but on to our rankings. I don't think this will shock. I think we'll have probably the exact same rankings. For the most, maybe one or two's difference, depending on like if you like the comedy that much. Yeah. Number five. Let me actually see what the fuck it is, because I know it's not actually. Is it literally just in order? Oh, maybe for you. For me, there's I think one difference. No. Okay. Yeah. Last one is uh mountain. Reverse mountain. E- yeah. Okay, so that's the difference between me and you. My last one is Whiskey Peak. I can't get over Luffy being out of character there. It will always. I don't know. I had my reasoning. Yeah, you had your reasoning. I think it's fair. Um, number four is Reverse Mountain for me. And then my opposite, Whiskey. 
So number three, here we are now. Now we're going to be okay. It's just an order, isn't it? So we got to do the numbers, Tyler. It's only fair. It's little drum garden, little, little drum, little garden. Number two, drum island, drum island. Number one, Uh, honestly, this would be closer if uh, Waffle didn't suck. Yeah, if Waffle didn't suck, it would have been closer, but Uh, I I think I personally think that Alabasta is kind of is my favorite arc of the show so far. I think it's kind of heads and shoulders above everything else just by nature of being a conclusion. There's just so many moving parts that are both introduced and resolved in this one show, in this one arc. Right. I mean, like, yeah, you can't really, I mean, it, to make uh, to make a drum on better, you would have to make Wapol a better villain than Crocodile, and that's is already harder. Really hard. But like, I mean, like, it, it just boosts up Wapol a little bit better just yeah. to make it more, not so, like, uneven. Yeah, like, I think there's a pretty big gap between one and two and, like, basically the rest of the arcs, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, because uh, truly, Alabasta, in my opinion, is the first great One Piece arc. I, I genuinely, I think that Alabasta is an excellent, excellent, excellent arc. I think it's great. It's probably still in my top ten arcs at this point. I'd probably say it's probably my number ten if I had to think. I'm thinking off the top of my head. Uh-huh. But also, the arcs get longer. Like there's an arc that's basically two hundred chapters in and of itself. Yeah, so, I saw there, there that less, one. There are less arcs as we go on. Um, well, I mean, uh, I mean, the, what arc is that? Yeah, Summit Wars forever. Well, Summit War is like six arcs put together, actually, like genuinely six arcs. I was referring to uh, Dress Rosa as like 100 chapters just for that one, or 200 chapters for that one arc. Oh, yeah, I see. It's literally uh, 180. Yeah, that's a really long one. So we get less arcs as, as things go on. So like saying an arc is in your top 10 or like top five even still makes sense just because there are less of them. They're just longer. But I, I personally will always have a very special place in my heart for Alabasta, the Desert Kingdom. I do love it. And that that right there, ladies and gentlemen, is the binge. We've done it. This is our second One Piece episode. And our I'm third gonna... one is coming when? Uh, probably in January. And it is in January. We, yeah. That one we schedule. You'll get um, you'll get another one every January. And then uh, we'll one see. One in when... the summer, basically. Ma- yeah, we'll Tyler basically see. It back. I had my reasons. Because of Twilight, Tyler. It's a bad reason. It was your fault. You picked Twilight. I, I did that to hurt you. And look who it hurt. It <laughs> You know what, Tyler? You, you had to watch Twilight, so it's hurting us both. It hurts everybody, Tyler. I, I don't know. You're the side on shit movies. You know, again. Tyler, an eye for an eye leaves everybody blind. Do you ever hear that when Martin Luther King said that? No, he didn't. I'm pretty sure he did. Wasn't that Gandhi? <laughs> Hold on. Uh, it definitely was Gandhi. Player. Wait, maybe not. Maybe it could be both. Uh... Uh, his quote. Okay, whose quote? Somebody just tell me. Fuck, it's Gandhi. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Maybe, maybe he quoted him. And hold on. You never know, Tyler. Hold on. Well, Chris tries desperately to win this. Yeah, uh, he, he said it too. He said it too. An eye for an eye. Oh no, he didn't. No, he did. But he's quoting Gandhi. Well, possibly. I think he. I think he. I think he expanded on it. Yeah, yeah. He said the old law about an eye for an eye leaves everybody blind. The time is always right to do the right thing. You're not getting the win on that. I think I deserve a half point. <laughs> ah, whatever. Do the send us <laughs> off, Tyler. Oh, this episode's brought to you by Autumn. God damn it. <laughs> Without FaZe on here to remind me, how am I supposed to do it, Tyler? It was hard to do. I reminded you last week. It was hard to do this one because, like, I mean, yeah, there's one piece of books, but it's not the same as I like, don't think there's any on Audible. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. well, actually, there's a one you can also listen to podcasts on Audible, including One Piece <laughs> Manga Bros. <laughs> there you go. I found that's a podcast that has to do with One Piece. Go listen to them, I guess. Tell them you anyway, can say from here. 
rate, review us, share with friends, let us know how you like this One Piece uh, episode compared to the last one, how many of these arcs you like. If you think Alabasta is the best, if you think it's Alabasta, let us know. Yeah, if you if you think that maybe we should do One Piece episodes more often, just yell at Tyler, Cyberbully Tyler for that. Well, yeah. hold on, hold on. If we should do it more often, we shouldn't have to do shit movie wicks. I think we can do both and just stop doing good films. No! <laughs> I, think, I think we... <laughs> The point Listen, of the podcast was to get, yes, it was equal points of getting us to watch something. Yeah. And yeah, my movie. Yeah, you haven't walked and watched Twin Peaks. Put I'm it watching, in an episode. Yeah, it's hard to do that when we have to schedule out the all the other shit. You already got to watch The Leftovers. You got a month on that. Yeah. Oh, God, that snuck up on me. Holy fuck. Maybe I should pause my Game of Thrones rewatch. <laughs> Just watch Leftovers. And instead. watch Leftovers. Yeah. That hey, hey let me know when you watch the first episode. Yeah, I'll let you know for that. But if uh, you yeah. do want One Piece episodes more often, let us know on our on the social Twitter. media. Yeah, thank you. We're going for the same bit. <laughs> on 321 Binge on Twitter. Also, please add us and let us know if the Twitter should come back alive. Yeah, add the Twitter to wake it up. <laughs> we did. Wait, we had one tweet last week. It was just yeah, to fuck Tommy. Tommy tweeted something just to bother. Just to fuck you to Tommy. Yeah, it's just just aggressively. It was just because he hates Tommy. I know you're listening to this. I doubt it. Maybe 50-50. Uh, yeah, I'm still talking about Hereditary. This movie is still one of the best horror movies I've ever seen, and it's still terrifying. Yeah, uh, Cyberbully Tommy, if you'd like to. Send him a Hereditary pic- uh, memes. Uh, he also yes. has refused to watch or read One Piece, so just like send him the summary in his DMs and force him to read it. That it's not going to do anything. He's not going to know what he's th- anyone's talking about. Okay, just keep sending him manga panels. Just at him with manga panels. Just send him gifts of Hereditary. Send it, or that, either choice. Um, bye. See ya.